Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Saturday morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Who's pumped up for game two tomorrow for the NBA Finals? Why aren't you more pumped up? You sound like you're not pumped up. Why do they have to take a two-day break in between the Finals games? Now, I do enjoy the two-day break. You really do like the two-day break? Yeah, I think it builds up more suspense, Uh, more momentum. We could talk more about Drake. You do a one-game break in all the other rounds of the NBA Finals, and you get here, and there's no other games to wait for. You have to wait two days. Now you, you got to watch hockey tonight. You can do two days when they travel. That is true. I wonder how much they coordinate it with the NHL playoffs. They go, all right, let you guys have a little bit of the what they do, but they don't try to time it out where they're playing the series because you have game three tonight against uh, in St. Louis, Blues versus Bruins, 1-1 in that series. But you have game two tomorrow, so you're going to be a game behind the whole time. I mean, it doesn't. (laughs) The math doesn't pencil out for me. See, here's how it goes. Tonight, you will have game three of the NHL. Yeah, and then tomorrow's game two. But what I'm saying, though, is it's... it's, But hold on a second. You didn't let me finish because tomorrow... They are going to tip off for game three of the NBA Finals. Game two. You see, no, they no, put no, them, it's game two. Game two, I'm sorry. Game yeah, that's two. what I'm saying. They're going to they're, they're do them on separate days. I Yes, but what I'm saying is if that's the intention, mm. why not line them up? Why not actually line it up where you can do it that way? Because I don't think you have a lot of crossover of hockey and basketball fans. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Maybe. I, I, that, that, actually, that would be an interesting stat. I don't know how you uh, quantify yeah. that. but. Well, Draw the, draw up the Venn diagram and figure out, yeah, because I wonder what the biggest crossover audience is. And I, it's probably based on city, right? Because if you have a city that has all four major sports, you're probably more likely to be a fan of all four. Let's say, let's take Boston, for example. You've got baseball and you have a team that wins championships. You've got football. All they do is win championships. The Bruins are playing for the NBA finals and the Celtics 
one time your best champion is now the worst of the of the four teams. But you're, I think you end up becoming a fan of all team all teams right there, right? St. Louis, baseball town, right? It's a baseball town. Is it? It's a baseball town. Yeah, because the Cardinals are always good. They just packed out their empty arena. They have no game being played at home. They had 20,000 people there to watch the Blues play the Bruins on the Jumbotron. I kind of feel town. like, like St. Louis, That's it's not even a baseball town. Well, their baseball team's really good. And so their fans love their baseball team. I, I don't know about that. I think at least nationally the biggest crossover is NFL and NBA. I think if you were just to say a national audience, because I do agree with you, the, the crossovers mostly happen in cities that are huge sports-centric, and it's just like, hey, if if that team is my city's team, I don't really care. I'll root for them anyway. But I would think that the NBA and the NFL have the greatest crossover fans that will just watch any game. Really? Hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder if we can find some information on that, because we did not plan on talking about this just like we do. Every week, we just kind of end up on these topics. But it would be says on the show sheet. Yeah, I know. It says that we were supposed to talk about that. Oh, sorry. We probably should have done some research on it. Because I wonder if there is is a statistic on that. Because I just, I think it's... Also says that we're supposed to end talking about it here in about a minute. I'll get right to that. Um, I also wonder how much it's regional. Because the Southeast United States is as big of football fans as you'll find anywhere, but they're bigger college football fans than they are NFL fans, right? I mean, the Saints have had a increased following since you know the drew Brees arrival but they used to show up wearing brown paper bags whereas their college football team is going to be packed out for lsu games constantly at the state of alabama i don't think they care one way or another what happens during the nfl game but college football is king so i, I imagine that it's probably fairly regional as well but i think you Maybe Portlanders in general overvalue the NBA a little bit more because that's our that's our team. That's what we have here. I mean, the NBA is a pretty distant third behind Major League Baseball, and I wonder how much you know adding baseball to this market would change things. But we also probably over evaluate how popular the MLS is too because the Timbers are good. We over evaluate. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Portland thinks the MLS is doing great. No, it's not. I know. And I would encourage people to read articles about whoa, the NLS. Whoa, 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 You're talking sports. You're telling people to oh. read? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't want people to know that the Timbers have to take a bus to certain games that are in the regions and not a plane because they don't have enough money. I think I think you're undervaluing now uh, bus travel. Let me let me get on my soapbox here about ripping on the timbers, if sure. you don't mind. No, no, please. Because this is the first segment. This it's on is the show sheet. It does, go off. it does say right here on the show sheet yeah. that you're going to take three minutes to rip on That's the timbers. Right. I'm a little so, yeah. early. I'm a little early. No, no, no. Three minutes starting now. Okay, so if you're a timbers fan, I believe you are into the timbers because you like the stadium experience. That's what's what wrong enjoy. with that? What's wrong with that? That's great. Oh, okay. That's totally fine. And you know I what? That was an if that's what you no no no. If that's what you appreciate about it and you like going to events, not sports, <laughs> go ahead. That's totally fine. But you have to understand that in terms of sports nationally, in terms of how serious people take it, the MLS is garbage. It's garbage <laughs> soccer. No, it is, dude, because you take You're compared, saying you're saying compared to yeah, global compared to the, yeah. Premier League, it is absolute trash. Okay. Like uh, I Mike Lynch talk to Mike Lynch about the comparisons that he draws between premier because he's he kind does of wake resident, up to watch premier league. He's yeah. resident soccer guy here and sure. he can tell you the extreme differences between it. And I get that it's fun to go to a Timbers game because of the 
arena and everything and whatever. But dude, if you just look at it based on talent, it's the same thing as like watching college basketball in the NBA. You watch college basketball and they dribble around and they just absolutely dribble out the shot clock and it's boring and you fall asleep. You watch the NBA and it's people that are insanely talented. Like I, I don't care for the MLS. I yeah. don't. And I don't think most yeah, people in the country do. Sure, but you don't care for the Premier League either. It's you you're not I the, can appreciate it. <laughs> Have you ever watched a Premier League game in your life? Uh I think I caught like half of one. So no. That's a that's a pretty solid no. What's a yes? Is me being like No, no, no. Well, the the guessing that I might have maybe is not, I don't think, a a reasonable answer for that. The NBA, though, is in the middle of the NBA Finals. How surprised were you with the results of Game 1? I was extremely surprised. I really was because, um, you know, I know a lot of people say that you get like a 9 or 10-day break like the Warriors got, and you might be a little rusty coming out of the gate. And they were a little bit rusty coming out of the gate, but you always kind of expect the Warriors when it gets to the third quarter to turn it on and see you later. That's the end of the game. And they've been doing it without Kevin Durant these entire, well, not the entire playoffs, but up until when he got hurt in the Rockets series. Um, And so it was a little surprising to see them kind of out of sorts. Now, the one thing I saw the Raptors do that was just brilliant was they were able to execute by matching pace with pace. Yep. A lot of teams, what they try to do with the Warriors is that, you know, the Warriors will do that thing. They give the ball to Draymond Green or or whoever. They'll force it up the court. They'll get into the paint. Everybody will collapse. Shooters get open. Game's pretty much over in five minutes. (laughs) The Raptors were able to take those blows and then match it and do the same thing and score clip for clip. And so what happened was the Warriors weren't able to turn it on in the third quarter, and the Raptors were able to sustain it somehow Pascal Siakam became basketball god yeah he did i mean the the best debut for a first time appearance in the nba finals or whatever it was but he comes out 32 points and he looked the draymond green part right where he would go and get into the paint i mean if you look at his shooting chart hit a couple threes couple mid-range shots but most of his buckets were in the paint i mean he just got to the rim and that guy's fast i mean there's a difference between comparing the way a guy plays against the Bucs. I've watched the Bucs a couple times this year. I didn't watch them a ton. Obviously, you see the highlights, and, and you kind of you undervalue. defensive team. You undervalue the East, I think, because we've it's been the, the, the model of, uh, of second best, uh, maybe third best uh, in, in the NBA for such a long time. So I kind of undervalue it. When you see what the Raptors can do against the Warriors, you know how good they are. And maybe it's just a blip and they still lose in five, but they were matching them shot for shot, which was a really surprising part. And instead of the guy hitting the dagger three that basically eliminates your chance of winning, being Clay Thompson or Steph Curry from 35 feet, it's Kyle Lowry. I mean, he does that kind of walk up really deep three. I go, what's he shooting that? Oh, never mind. Uh, well, I don't blame you either. Kyle Lowry, <laughs> yeah. like for the past three years, has been so useless. He he really is. He's completely useless in the playoffs. Now, regular well, but season. He's, but he's also in a leadership role in years past where he has to be the guy that thinks he needs to get everything done to make the, the team go. Kawhi Leonard has definitely taken over that role, but he didn't have to do it in game one because you had Mark Gasol playing really well early. The third quarter, Pascal Siakam was 
awesome. And he didn't slow down in the fourth quarter. I think he missed three shots the entire game. Uh, so you have, you're led by your young guy. Gasol was really good. You have Kawhi Leonard there where you can back up. So your fourth guy is Kyle Lowry. That's a big difference in the amount of pressure. And that guy, yeah, he might not be very good as your number one option. But as your number four option, Kyle Lowry's damn good. Dude, what I didn't understand was that everybody kept pointing after the game to saying, um, oh, well, you know, Kawhi had a bad game. You know, that that's not a good sign. I was like, uh, that's a really good sign <laughs> yes, if you're able is. to beat the Warriors and your best player, and quite possibly right now the best player in the league, had a so-so game. Yeah, I mean, awesome. the dude scored over 20, so. Yeah, what do you have, 23? Yeah, yeah, still a good game. Not his best game, but that's a really scary thought to have if you're a Warriors fan is the fact that Kawhi Leonard didn't have his best game. It's the same thing with the Warriors, right? It's in that first half when Klay Thompson isn't hitting anything. And I was texting this to you during one of the Blazer games this last series was that we felt like we were in control. And I go, dude, I'm worried about Klay Thompson because <laughs> he hasn't hit anything the first half. Yep. Come second half, he'll just storm on you. Yeah, and he did. And, yeah. And, and, and as soon like, as you said it, yeah, there it yeah, goes. There it goes. And so uh, I would I would kind of take that as like, oh, dude, I'm going to wait for Kawhi Leonard to just go off in this series. He might have to do it in game two because you know Golden State's coming with the wood. Well, sh- of course they are. But the, the other thing that makes it so difficult when your superstar doesn't play particularly well is if you're the Warriors right now going, all right, we need to make some adjustments. You're adjusting for everything but Kawhi Leonard going off because – Basically, the Raptors had everything working except for that. But now you go, all right, we're going to make these adjustments. You're going to make adjustments to stop Siakam? You have to. Uh, yeah. I mean, dude, he's, he's scoring. You got a double team. Of course. Now you have to make adjustments for Gasol. Yeah. The way he played in the first half, pulling up those slow motion threes. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to always have in the back of your mind that if we do anything to forget about Kawhi Leonard, he can go off at any point. Plus, if he just gives you great defense and you can win this series, so much the better. I don't want to overreact, but let's yes, over let's overreact. Please. Kawhi Leonard's Michael Jordan, right? That could that could cost you fifty thousand dollars. Pascal hey, Siaka. Hey, hey, careful. You're gonna cost this show a lot of money if you compare Kawhi to Jordan. Oh you don't you don't even know where I'm going with this. Okay, go. Pascal Siakam, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about yeah, that. I think that's just fact at this point. That's pretty obvious. Yes. Uh, Kevin Durant, is that his name? Yeah. He's out for game two. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the timeline and see what it looks like for an actual return. And in game one, it does kind of mean a lot. You're listening to Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. You know, you were just teasing ahead for tall guys, right? Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant's a tall guy. You know, there's another tall guy that we were looking at pictures at, John Hamm. Oh, you're going there? Yeah. You were looking at his ham, weren't you? Well, there is a theory out there that he doesn't wear underwear. Yeah. Like, look at pictures. 55305. Go on to your smart device yeah. and look at pictures of John Hamm and to just tell us if you think he wears underwear or not. 55305. You have to look up John Hamm pants. Okay. Because um, just he's he's a lucky guy. Goodness okay. me. Anyways, that I mean, somebody spends a lot of time in the produce department. It almost looks like it's fake, really. Probably. Like he's just kind of like razzing everybody, and he's, you know, I'm very uncomfortable with this whole conversation. Why? Produce. Proud. Just the whole. 
Well, it makes you think talk- that's how he got all his acting jobs. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, Ham's sausage. And, uh, you know, I just I don't need to go there. It's a ham sandwich is what it is. Ham Sammy. Between some khaki bread. So Kevin Durant is a pivotal component to this series, even though he hasn't played at all because we're curious about when he returns. Right? I'm talking huge. Yes, you are. You continue that conversation. So Kevin Durant has been ruled out for tomorrow's game two, uh, but I found it interesting. I actually came across a timeline of what his injury uh, has been in this playoffs. Ah. Uh, so do you know? Do you know how long he's been out? Mm, uh, no. What? Two weeks? I'm so, going to give it about a month. Month between month and two weeks. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, around there. Really? Uh, so it's it's May 8th is when the injury took place. So today we're June 1st. So almost a month. It's a, a week shy of a month. So you're looking at three oh and a half gosh. weeks. This is just, just a stab in the dark. Three and a half weeks. But that's it's longer than I remembered. So when I saw that, it kind of surprised me. So on May 8th, he was uh, injured game five uh, of the second round series against Houston. So he goes out. Obviously, no trouble for the Warriors getting through uh, <clears throat> Blazers without him. Uh, May 17th, Steve Kerr announced and they said the injury was more serious than they thought. Steve Kerr said on the 23rd that he believed Durant would return. Mm-hmm. Um, Durant says he initially thought he tore his Achilles a week ago on the 24th, and then he was ruled out for game one, obviously ahead of that game, and he's been ruled out for game two. So what we're looking at is right now, just because of the way the NBA finals go today, we're a full seven days away from any game that could be a deciding game. So from now, it's pretty likely that he'll come back, but I wanted to compare it to kind of what we saw with Boogie Cousins. Now, he was out a lot longer than Kevin Durant has been out. But if you're looking at another week, that's a full month that the guy's out. He's just been cleared to practice. They said there's absolutely no way that he'll be ready from just going and doing some basketball activities. So there's no way he's going to be ready tomorrow. Very unlikely that he's ready for game three. So it's probably game four that he comes back. Boogie Cousins came out and played, and we were thinking that might be a factor in this series. He played eight minutes, two points, two rebounds. Yeah, he looked fat. Like, yeah. seriously, he looked really fat. And I know he is a larger person, but he looked like he was moving like a fat guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he well, did he's not. he's moving gingerly because he's just got back from injury. Sure, but I know the whole injury thing, but there's a difference between moving like you just got hurt and moving like you just ate a whole pizza. Like, seriously, that guy looked so fat. I'm not even kidding you, dude. He looked like a guy who polished off a burger and then was asked to do, like, a workout afterwards. Like, he forgot that he might play. Yeah. And so he's like, guys... I know we got a big game one. I'm going to be there rooting for you. Yeah. But right now I need to eat this whole pie. Mm -hmm. And then he just wolfs down a pizza and then ate a pie. Yeah. He got the grease sweats. It looked like out there. Seriously, dude, if you have an audition tape, like if that's Boogie Cousins, right? This whole year is supposed to be an audition tape for him. Yeah. I'm not touching that guy whatsoever. I'm serious. I I don't want to get within 10 feet of him because one, he's been hurt twice. Two, it seems like for some reason, every time he's out on the floor, teams get worse. Because he was out on the floor and the Warriors yeah. lost. I, eh, so here's my, I, here's my I'll question. I'll leave the fat guy on the bench. Don't give me the fat guy. Yeah. I don't want fatty cousins. So what kind of confidence level do you have that your savior in this series is Kevin Durant? He's huge. Yes, we know. He's fat. Got that. John Hamm, Boogie Cousins, both yeah. fat. Different areas. Mm. Hot. 
Something about Kevin Durant. A month-long injury. You come back from a calf injury a month later. Do you expect Kevin Durant to be able to come out Willis Reed, Paul Pierce, mm. Mateen Cleave style? Where in it's, a wheelchair it, with there, a towel over him? Well, I just think there's a big difference between you getting hurt in a game, have all that adrenaline coming back, and playing on a limp versus coming back out and playing a baseball game where you or a basketball game where you have no you have no basketball activity for almost a solid month and having to come out and then you're supposed to be the savior in a series. I mean, obviously a lot of things can change. We're not saying the Warriors can't win game 2 without him, but if they're in a sticky situation, I just I feel I have a hard time leaning on a guy that's been hurt, especially a leg injury on a guy that's, what, 6'9", with a 7'5", wingspan. Well, you also have to kind of consider that maybe being, I don't know, maybe getting back in the game really isn't Kevin Durant's priority at this point. Ooh, you're going just skip finals talk and go right to the offseason? Well, think about it, dude. This is the guy who created burner accounts to defend his own account on Twitter. He's one of the most petty and kind of ridiculous players in the NBA, and I kind of view this, at least if I'm Durant and I'm trying to think like Kevin Durant, which is just, again, okay. petty and annoying constantly. Yeah, I was going to say, whine, make your voice a little bit whinier. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to play in the finals. Man. I don't want to get hurt more. Yeah. But seriously, though, he's gotten what he wanted. He got two, uh, he, he got two NBA titles. Two finals MVPs. Two finals MVPs. And so you think about it in this next offseason, there's just rapacious rumors about the fact he's going to leave, go to New York, go to wherever. Why would he get back in there? There's no point. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Who cares? I got what I want. I mean, that's how Kevin Durant thinks. He's never been a team guy since he left OKC. I don't think. There's no chance that he can do anything in this series that makes him any more money, I realize. But he also is desperate to be loved. You know what I mean? He he thought... And we talked about this a, a few times, but there were there were reports, according to you know his inner circle, that Kevin Durant genuinely thought that going and bringing the hapless Warriors, who you know just lost to LeBron James and barely won seventy three games in the regular season, he thought if he went in and won a title with them, that he'd be some sort of hero, and that everyone would love him. And part of the reason that you see his personality turn into that petty, whiny burner account guy is because he did not get the reaction he expected when he became a champion. Well, what do you think was going to happen? I mean, again, people always kind of try to point to the Warriors and say it's not that big of a deal because they draw comparisons between like the Celtics in uh, 07 and 08, right? When they got everybody together, they got Paul Pierce, Allen and Garnett yeah. together. Like, well, no, the Celtics were absolutely awful and on the precipice of being completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, they, and they hadn't won, and they they no. they hadn't been uh, to the finals two years in a row. And in fact, when they did win their NBA title, they were forced to like two game sevens because they couldn't win on the road. Like they were constantly having to go back home and win games. the The Golden State Warriors. This is why there is such a huge frustration is because you see them now playing without Kevin Durant, and you start to like them more yep. because the brand of basketball is more interesting. It is. It's not just Kevin Durant taking the ball getting in ISO situations and making it unfair because it is absolutely unfair. And, and and you don't want to count any titles towards Kevin Durant because you go, you didn't win it on your own, dude. You're not one of the best players of all time because you got rests 
during the playoffs where, hey, if you had a bad shooting night, oh, here you go, Clay Thompson. No, you just go ahead and take over for a while. I'll, I'll kind of uh, rest over here in the corner and not play defense, and then I'll close the game out. No, dude, you don't deserve any titles until you do it in New York or go back to OKC with that other annoying little prick. No, zero. I, I put zero titles in his bracket. Did you just call Steven Adams an annoying little prick? No. Come on. Billy Donovan. Okay. I'm serious, though, dude. I, I, I get revved up about this because I can't stand it when these NBA heads come out and they go, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant, well, definitely a top 10 guy, could be a top five guy of all time. No, he's never won a title by himself. Can we go Can we go back in time and look at the coaching staff for OKC and see what they did wrong in the player development category where you spawned three of the most selfish least interesting guys to watch iso ball slow down any ball movement just make a dreadful brand of basketball all came from one roster james harden russell westbrook kevin durant all played on the same team could never win together Je- uh, they jettison uh, james harden early make it to an nba finals make it to a game seven in the western conference final but then the- these guys just all they want to play is selfish. Is it something about them being together, or can we blame the the coaching in, at OKC? It'd be fun if we could. I think it's just players that were a certain brand of basketball that now is kind of obsolete. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is, though, dude. And honestly, the only way that Kevin Durant was able to win two titles again was joining yeah. the greatest regular season team of all time. You look at you the and other I, two guys. You and I, if we joined the Warriors, would have two titles. We, yeah, wouldn't, we, wouldn't, we would not have finals MVPs. I'm no. not saying that I'm as good as Kevin Durant, but you put me as the last guy on the bench, they still win those titles. But if you had the talent of Kevin Durant, it would be pretty awesome that on any given night when you start shooting cold, you can start to take eight minutes off at a time and just go, ah, yeah, you guys handle the scoring load. I'll, I'll get back in there in just a little bit. Yeah. In just a little bit. Yeah, dude, I, I pray he goes to New York. Dude, Go the, to New York yeah. and ruin your career because I, I don't want you in the conversation anymore as the greatest player of all time. Well, and here's here's the thing. The greatest moments Kevin Durant has, probably two three-pointers that looked very similar in back-to-back years, right? The dagger three-pointers, walking up at LeBron James, pulls up the three in front of him, and you look at the two guys, and you have a LeBron James who's 100% spent. He's drug his team through the playoffs. He's been fighting tooth and nail, playing every minute of the game. And then you look at the forehead of Kevin Durant. There's not a single bead of sweat on it. He's like, this is easy. Yeah, up yours. Hey, we have a Twitter poll at CenterSaint1080 on Twitter. Go and check it out in advance. 55305 is a better you today text line. And I do want to read a text when we come back because somebody is drawing up a point about LeBron, and I would, I'd like to answer. You'll get that. You will get our Twitter poll. A little more hockey talk, all after Sports Interrupted. Welcome back, Luke Anderson, Will Darkens, with you on a beautiful Saturday, 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 Saturday morning here in Portland. Just loving this. How about Just you? Bright and beautiful, Luke. I'm out here on the water. I'm interviewing some people out here who are enjoying the good weather with their coolers and bear. This place you want to be on a boat fishing, doesn't it? I mean, just absolutely pristine out here. It's great, and uh, we'll be with you all morning. Just kind of catch you up on what's going on in the world of sports. Before we get to that, Will, you wanted to talk to somebody on our text line, 55305, Better You Today text line. Uh, What was the comment, and what are your thoughts on it? If Durant's titles 
in Golden State don't count. Go ahead and take away LeBron's titles in Miami. Would you care to guess what Miami, 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 Miami Heat's record was in 2009? That was the year before LeBron James joined the team. Oh, 2009, 42 wins. Hmm. That's oddly specific. Well, what did, I mean, how do you want me to do it? Well, you were close. <laughs> Uh, 47 and 35. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was, uh, the Warriors record before Kevin Durant joined the team? Oh, geez. Let me think. They won an NBA record. They lost fewer than 10 games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, what, did they play in the NBA finals that year? And they would have won had Draymond not been suspended in game five. Yeah. For that, uh, nut kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound right? Uh, so yeah, 73 wins. Bob. Yeah. yeah. That'll be the difference every single time when it comes to a big three. Uh, the big three argument that anybody well, always makes. Now, the Lakers are kind of the same way in respect that they were still pretty good when they got Shaq in the late 90s sure, and early 2000s. But this, the, again, I want people to understand, this is the reason there is so much hate towards Kevin Durant is the fact that he was so close. By the way, you were up 3-1 yep. against the very team you joined. Yes. Meaning there was a massive percentage chance that you should have advanced to the NBA Finals with Russell Westbrook. And then you joined that team that had already won a record amount of games in the regular season. You are irrelevant. Yep. I Seriously, dude, when, when I get 10, 15 years in the future and start talking about the NBA to my kids... Kevin Durant will be an afterthought. You have kids? Well, when? Okay. AKA cats. Who's the best player that LeBron James with played with the first go round in Cleveland? Uh, Rip Hamilton? <laughs> Maybe. Shaq? Speaking of a guy that ate a grease pizza before he went out and played, Cleveland Shaq was not exactly oh, yeah, the dude. prime time Shaq. Cleveland Shaq might have been my favorite yeah, Shaq. Yeah, but like the best the best team that LeBron played on was nowhere near as talented as what Kevin Durant had in OKC too. He he gave up on a team that played for an NBA championship and had the pieces around it to go back, made it to game seven that year. And I realized that LeBron James was going to NBA finals in Cleveland and was, you know, out there uh, dragging his team along in the playoffs, but it was not for any other reason than his pure effort. And, and the, the, those Miami teams, remember they were two and two in the NBA finals. They lost to San Antonio. They lost to Dallas I realize that they beat OKC, and I realize that they beat the Spurs in one of those, but it's not like they were rolling through people. The 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 Warriors had been to back-to-back finals without him. Yeah, okay. Who is your favorite Shaq, though, seriously? Probably Boston Shaq. Boston Shaq, the last iteration of Shaq. <laughs> him and Scalabrini sharing minutes. That was bad. I remember that Shaq was like hurt for part of that year. And then they brought him out and he made like one basket. And when he landed, he just completely tore his leg up. And it was like, over done. Shazam Shaq. Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix Shaq was pretty sweet though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Orlando magic Shaq. I mean, right. If you have to pick one, it's fantastic. Went to an NBA finals with them too. Penny, Penny and Shaq was awesome. Yeah. Penny and Shaq was Scotty Skiles, Nick Anderson, a fun team you know what's interesting to me about Shaq is that really once he retired that was kind of the end of an era in basketball and I I understand you know that's kind of like a duh statement but I mean like a 
like a playing style in yeah. basketball. He was one of the last great dominant just inside five forces, just dudes you could throw the ball in and then everything gravitates to him. I know there was some centers that were pretty good after him. You know, Dwight Howard's kind of an example, at least defensively, but like he was the last guy, at least center wise, that could just absolutely change the momentum of a game. I know a lot of people are saying that with Jokic, but I I haven't seen enough tape yet for that. That reminds me. yeah. Yeah. Just, just amazing. That reminds me of a Twitter poll that we had, uh, we put up, I think, last week, but we never actually got to it. Why don't we go to Twitter and start with that poll? At Sinner Saint 1080 on Twitter. We put this poll up last week. We never actually did talk about it on the show. But we were looking at Scottie Pippen's career because Scottie Pippen was drunk at a lot of the Blazers games, uh, at least the two home games they played against the Warriors. So we're looking at Scottie Pippen's career. Uh, what does the question look like on there, Will? What's the most forgettable Scottie Pippen era? Uh, let's see here. 13% said Arkansas state. That's where he went to college. 21% said the Oh three Oh four bulls. That was actually a thing. Yeah. Uh, 32% said the 98, 99 rockets. Uh, and then 34% uh, say that, and this is surprising to me. I, I remember a lot of this, uh, that <laughs> Finnish team, uh, Torpan project. Isn't it crazy that at the end of Scottie Pippen's career, he wanted to hang on and play basketball so long that he finished his career in Europe made a comeback to the NBA and never made it back on the court. It's like you don't think of that guy as somebody that loved basketball that much because it always seemed like he didn't have that much emotion. I wonder if Kawhi Leonard is more like Scottie Pippen because Scottie Pippen never really had a voice. Maybe it's because he was in Jordan's shadow, but even in Portland, I don't remember him being a big talker guy, a big rah-rah. He just kind of went out there and stone face. Now you're comparing just personality-wise. Yeah, personality-wise. Right? Well, I mean – He's a good two-way player, and, you know, he's a great player. But, yeah, obviously Kawhi Leonard is now Michael Jordan. Yes. And it cost yeah. Doc Rivers $50,000 of the Clippers oh, money. Oh, we'll get into that. that. Uh, uh, what's he, the other poll that we have up? Uh, what, the one today? Yeah, let's do today's poll. Here. What would you rather have in Portland? 4% of you say NASCAR. 5% of you say a PGA Tour stop, 13% say an NHL team, and of course, 78% of you are sheep that say they want an MLB <laughs> team here in uh, Portland, Oregon. They want a baseball team. I want a baseball team here in Portland. There's I'd so like much- to get a hot dog and a box of Cracker Jacks and take my kid over to what used to be a homeless camp and watch a baseball. There is so much momentum for baseball. I knew that it would kind of go that way. But the reason I asked that question is the St. Louis Blues right now, it's a frenzy for NHL hockey right now. And if you've been to Las Vegas in the last couple of years, I mean, that place is owned by the Vegas Golden Knights. And they came out in their first year and went to a Stanley Cup finals, I realized. But man, like you talk about the biggest surprising fan base that I've ever seen is the amount of gear that you see people wearing for the Vegas Golden Knights everywhere. Every car has a sticker for them that you see locally down there. My brother-in-law and uh, his girlfriend uh, live down there, and they're just absolutely insane for that team. So I'd be I'd be surprised if there was any momentum towards hockey if people would embrace that as much as they would. I would say that it's a little bit more surprising with what Toronto's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the surge in fandom going on uh, in Toronto, because at least Toronto, you know, Canada is one of those, 
I almost said state. Canada is one of those uh, countries where it's like they're really dialed into one sport, which is hockey. Like yeah. that's their thing. That's what I do. I know they had pretty good attendance with Blue Jay games uh, a couple years back, but I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what they pay attention to the most. I mean, this country is just like getting behind the Raptors right now. Ratings down to the lowest for a game one NBA finals game in a decade. Really? Because we don't measure Canadian viewers. <laughs> Canadian viewership, a the highest rated game this year for the Tra- Toronto Raptors, 3.3 million people watched. Yeah. Game one. Yeah. 7.4 million Canadians. That is 20% of the population watched game one. I don't get why more, not more people uh, watch the NBA Finals. Like, I'll watch. Yeah, like, what else are you doing? Whoever's in. I don't yeah. really care. I'll, I mean, I even watched a lot. I watched all the games last year when I already knew the outcome after game one. I, I wonder if people will get on board with the idea. I, I think part of that may be Warriors fatigue more so than uh, the Raptors. Um, people don't care. People don't care about the Raptors. I think game two will get a much better rating since the the Warriors have not lost a game one in, I think, 18 playoff series or something ridiculous like that. I think it's all of Steve Kerr's tenure. Yeah, yeah. that's So the idea that they're actually down 0-1, I think will draw up viewership in the United States. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting that 20% of the entire country is watching that basketball game. People on the Better You Today text line 55305 uh, going back to the Shaq conversation say they uh, they did love the Shaqtus. The Shaqtus. The Shaqtus was pretty great. Pretty fantastic. It it was just, it was funny because it was such a weird move for Phoenix because it was like, okay, we're all about pace. (laughs) We're all about shooting and passing the ball and corner threes and pace and and passing and pace and moving quick and pace. And Shaq is like the opposite of pace. Yeah, but Shaq is unlike any other player. Like you said, it was the end of an era, but there was no player like Shaq. No, it's, it's like, it's like, we're looking for a guy like fill in the blank. Nobody's looking for a guy like Shaq. Cause there just wasn't one. And you just kind of knew it. So I think if he wanted to go to your team and you had a roster spot and he was available, it's, you, you take Shaq. Sweet ticket sales. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, we'll get back in the NBA finals in hour two, but right now it's time to get to good versus evil. All the stories you may have missed from the week in sports and around the globe. Good versus evil is next right here on The Sinner and the Saint. This is 1080 The Faint. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let The Sinner and the Saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Listen up, it's time to make a PSC. Just because she has a pretty face, does not mean she has pretty heart. These don't give a about a you dead. They want to hurt your heart before they even give you your heart. They want to see your break apart. <gasps> these hoes. And half of these ain't got no money. Try my some. Try my some. All they want to do is smoke your f***ing weed away. So f***ing. <laughs> Bitch. Well, that 
was LeBron James' son talking about smoking weed and being very angry at women for some reason. Well, Bronny finally got his own Instagram account after it was discovered Big Bronny wouldn't allow it till he was 14 years old. LeBron even told haters to stay out of Lil Bronny's comments. Well, Bronny did what you might think a 14-year-old might do on social media, and that's talk about smoking weed and being angry at women for some weird reason. The post that was out there that we just heard, it was taken down pretty quick. How long do you think it will be before his reputation recovers from this one? Lil Bronny, I mean. Well, is that... See, here's the thing. You've been a... um a key contributor to the narrative that I am out of touch. You are. Okay. Isn't that clearly some sort of movie quote or bit that he's doing there? Like it. Yeah. There's just, a debate about this online and a lot of people are kind of confused. They're like, what is this from? I, that's what I, there's, there's no way just listening to that as somebody that has, you know, recorded plenty of things, both on radio and when I was doing stand-up comedy, he's just trying to mimic something. You can hear it in every tone of that. That's not, first of all, 14-year-old boys don't have a whole lot of original thoughts anyways, but it's it's clearly him trying to mimic something that he's seen. I have no idea what that is, so I'm not going to dive into the debate in, in full-hearted you know, uh, uh, cover of what he did, but it's clearly him just trying to be someone he's not. I was. He's fine. I was brilliant at 14. Yeah, he's fine. He is the most like Jordan that we've seen like there's a lot of great players lebron is phenomenal yeah. katie is phenomenal but when not that he is jordan or anything like that but he's the most like him big hands uh post game can finish great leaper that's what she said by the way hey that was father who's distraught with his phone because he isn't receiving calls anymore but doesn't realize he's turned on do not disturb doc rivers the nba find the clippers 50k friday for tampering because of those very comments rivers made on espn tuesday commissioner adam silver says the proclamation quote crossed a bright line in regards to recruiting Kawhi to the clippers next season do you agree with silver no that's stupid it's just like doc rivers as much as he is a coach he's also a personality in this league that people want to hear from Kawhi leonard is one of the biggest stories in the nba why would you not connect those two dots the money doesn't come out of uh, doc rivers checkbook either i think it comes from the clippers so sorry steve Ballmer. i don't i don't worry about fifty thousand dollars being taken out of your coffers uh so yeah this is i get that adam silver doesn't want active nba coaches recruiting players and i think he's doing this more as a warning because it's high profile but yeah i think he's a little off the mark on this one okay well so then let us hear it because as we mentioned some of the biggest schools in the country duke Kansas, thank you for doing that are out there go ahead rj what have you decided you're going to do um next year uh i will be going overseas uh to play in the australian basketball league mm-hmm. with the new zealand breakers that was kid whose suit was obviously paid for by a sweaty agent, RJ Hampton, the number five prospect in the ESPN 100 class of 2019, signed a contract with the New Zealand Breakers of the Australian National Basketball League Tuesday. He becomes the first American player to willingly forego college for playing international basketball. Now, this excludes players like Brandon Jennings and Terrence Ferguson because they were too stupid. 
Do you think <laughs> this would become a trend for young talent as soon as even just next season? I thought it would be a trend by now. I mean, that seems like a pretty good option. You, you talk about the sweaty agent buying him the suit. Listen, if, if a sweaty Australian basketball agent wants to come and send me and my whole family to Australia, because that's the whole thing, right? You're playing professional basketball. You can sign whatever contract you want. You don't have to worry about breaking any rules that the NCAA has to make sure that all of their money stays in their pockets and they don't share any with the kids. Plenty of money in international basketball. You want to take me and my family on a European vacation, a la Chevy Chase in European vacation? Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. I think that's... I'm surprised it hasn't caught on yet, but here's the other thing is most of the kids that are too stupid to get in college are probably too stupid to figure out that, hey, there's a lot of money out there for me to play anywhere in the world. And then they get scared. What's out? Good for this kid. An Australian agent. Sweaty. Hey, good boy. We'd really love to have you played in here with us. What size are you? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Try it's on a, these croc, these croc shoes. It's a great jump shot you got there. Come on. Hey, do you like to come down here and play with us? We can get you a lot of money. You like hookers? We got plenty of them. We got a lot of hookers. We'll get you all the all the croc shoes you can wear. You, you want to beat Paul Hogan? <laughs> I got wait, his wait, phone wait, wait, wait. It is Paul Hogan. That's good. Hey, have you ever seen my movie Crocodile Dundee? Is he alive? I don't. I assume. I know, we assume, but we don't know. Uh, I'll, Maybe he's dead. I'll, you read your favorite story of the week. I'll check in on Paul Hogan. Well, this one came from Florida, and uh, the headline is just amazing. Huge alligator broke into Florida home and got into the wine to start the weekend early. Paul Hogan, 79 years old, looks like he's still alive. Still hot? Yeah, oh, very, very hot. That's good. Yeah. That puts yeah. my mind yeah. at ease. He looks like a 79-year-old. Police in Florida are accustomed to dealing with the state's rebellious wildlife, but officers in Clearwater had to stop an intruder Friday morning who was trying to start the weekend early. An 11-foot alligator broke into a low kitchen window of a home on Eagle's Landing Circle and also broke into some bottles of wine. That's awesome. So this gator basically broke into a home and just started chugging. It looks like Paul Hogan in his older years still looks okay for a 79-year-old. I'm a little disappointed that he wears sleeves now. That was like the cut-off Dun Crocodile Dundee look. I want to see what his old arms look like. Probably not as ripped. Is there a scarier animal drunk than an alligator? No, I think a, I think a drunk croc would be pretty fun. Are you kidding me? Well, not croc, alligator. It's two different animals. Yes. Yeah, I think you're okay with a drunk alligator. Yeah, because alligators I don't think are the most efficient killers. You know what I mean? Like, but, but you give them a couple cocktails, I think that that gator is going to get mad at you. Yeah, but they're snapping at you. Like, you know, they just kind of they kind of throw themselves at you to kind of chomp down. If they're drunk, their miss rate, I think, goes up pretty drastically. I think, like, a drunk wolverine would be Ooh. obnoxious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a drunk ferret. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sm badger. Yeah. Small uh, animals. Uh, uh, Tasmanian devil just stumbling around drunk. They smell really bad, too. I'll bet you a Tasmanian devil's a mean drunk. I mean, I don't want to make this whole show about Australia. But, yeah, I'll bet you the Tasmanian devil's a mean, mean drunk. Who would win in a fight, a drunk bear or a drunk tiger? Ooh, I'm going to say drunk tiger because I think, I think the bear would spend more time trying to fight on two feet, which, when you're drunk, big disadvantage. Right. He would you know, kind of start tipping over. Yeah, you, bear goes, he goes, all right, 
normally my go-to move, rear back on the haunches, stand up, make myself huge, intimidate this little tiger here, but you get a little wobbly, you tip backwards, now you got a bear on its back. Drunk tiger's pouncing on that. Yeah, I, but, I think I think you're, but you're the better tiger, off. So you know the tiger's main move, right? It 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 gets back on the haunches and then sure. it launches itself. Like yeah. that aim is going to be off. I get that, but the bear's drunk on its back because it tried to stand up. It's not a turtle. It can get back I, up. I understand that, but listen, we look the worst when we get drunk and we try to dance because mm-hmm. we're on two legs. We're I'm on, actually better at dancing when I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, you think you are. I am. But if you're on four legs, I think you're. I think your wobble points a lot, lot deeper down the bottle. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot in this because you got to consider like, what are they drinking? Yeah. Like if it's wine, then I'm gonna take the bear because I think the 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 tiger will probably be a nice gentle wine drunk. But if mm. you give the if you give the bear beer, I think that's a lazy bear. Yeah, I can see that. I think you get yourself a lazy bear if you give it like. Well, they have in what? Thailand. They have a beer. Beers. Tiger is a beer brand, isn't it? Don't they have Tiger beer? Oh, really? Yeah. So I think I think the Tiger is pretty comfortable getting drunk on beer. I think it's fun to hang out with a crocodile or a alligator drunk on wine. I think that's a good time. You don't think he's aggressive? No. Put him in a funny little hat. Put him up on a bar stool. Get him a couple glasses of uh, Pinot. Give him some uh, Oakley glasses yeah. that are wraparounds. I drink some Merlot. Yeah. Yeah, wrap around Oakley's, full brim like a fedora. <laughs> Put him in a little pair of britches. Put him on the bar stool down next to me. Get him a bottle of Merlot. Throw him in the Nissan Juke and <laughs> go to the bars and you got yourself a night. I'll bet you drunk on wine alligator is a hell of a wingman. Because yeah. think about it. He'll start he a lot. He doesn't of- kill the person. <laughs> no, first. he'll start a lot of conversations with you. It's like, oh, yeah, that's where I met my wife. Your wife only has one arm. Yeah, that's how I met her. Yeah, yeah, my bro got her for me. <laughs> he snagged her. All right, I think that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. pretty much it. I can't right. think of any other dangerous drunk animal. I mean, I just I, I subscribe <laughs> to the theory that you make any animal drunk and they automatically become more dangerous. Uh, see, I disagree. I disagree. I think uh, I think the drunk alligator becomes kinder, gentler. He'll listen to your stories. He'll cry with you. Those big alligator tears. All right, Good versus Evil is brought to you by our friends at 808. They're the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants. You can find them at 2454 East Birdside or 52nd and Woodstock. In the next hour, we got to talk about records for baseball going in a couple different directions, one good, one bad. Get back into the NBA Finals, and we'll do all that in hour two of the Center and the Saint right here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.